Japan, another week is about to begin, and I'm glad that we can share it with you. Allie Johnson, I am Allie Johnson. Over there is nurse uh, James Simmons, who spent all weekend in the hospital, and as a nurse practitioner, we are celebrating you this weekend. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Well, this whole week, it was a Wednesday to Tuesday deal, Nurses Week. And how did you celebrate this weekend for Nurses Week? Did your husband do anything especially nice for you? I offered to get you something nice, and then you never sent me your address. Otherwise, I would have sent you some beer or some whiskey. Oh, thank you. I kind of think I forgot maybe to send you my address. Uh, you know what? Here's okay, the well, thing. Go ahead and I, send it. You're like, wait, you send me, send me your address. Uh, yes, I did. Well, I worked all weekend uh, for Nurses Week. And at one of my hospitals, we did get um, a nice succulent. <laughs> and a water bottle and a nice little lavender plant okay. and food, right? Obviously, like this is the the fastest way to lots of people's hearts, but nurses especially, like just feed us, like just give us any food at any time. So we had, there's like lots of food running around. So that didn't help the quarantine 15 that I'm now up to like quarantine 17 and a half. Um, well, you were doing good <laughs> and then your dissertation happened. Oh, but what garbage, is the, yeah. what's, and I know you're not going to, say this because you're a nice man, but what is the worst gift anyone's ever given you? <laughs> there was one time where we got like a, uh, a little, you know, we have a badge, right? And it's like clipped to our scrubs or whatever. And it's, you know, it, it lets you in and out of the hospital and all those things, it's got your name on it and your credentials, whatever. And we got a, a really God awful, horrific badge holder. <laughs> From who? That was like from branded. just a rando person. There's, no, no, from the from the hospital. Like, oh, they I were see. Like, look at this new badge holder, and it keeps everything to because those badges you you end up with like seven badges, and it's like a mess, and they're dirty and whatever. They're like it keeps them clean and it keeps them organized and whatever, and it was huge. So, <laughs> so like we have like this like heavy. huge thing on our chest, and it was really ugly, and it was just like awfully branded with the branding of the hospital. This was years ago. Um, <laughs> And then we're like, okay, well, we get a badge holder. And then we're like waiting for whatever else. Not that we feel like entitled to have to have something, but it's nurses week, you know? And because during like doctor's week, they get like full on buffet, like meals and like all these things. And they have these like ceremonies. And then we're like, we get a badge holder. Yeah. Really? Like, <laughs> yeah what the hell? Thank you. Let Bum me see deal, if I wipe man. your ass when you're in the hospital. Oh, people <laughs> are feeling very generous though lately, which is great. I even received a gift this weekend Yeah. from, uh, yeah, it was a friend of a friend who's been making masks out of out of a uh, Disney cloth. I guess she usually makes Mickey Mouse ears and uh -huh. she is kind of transitioning and she has all this other material in her house. So she's been making all these masks. She's not selling them or anything. She pure, purely just wants to give them away. So our friend was going, okay, what do you guys want? I was like, I want an Incredibles one and Katie wanted a Star Wars one. And then we, we just got them over the weekend and it's kind of exciting to wear a mask when you actually feel from a design standpoint that it's cute but then also i'm sure you're you're not one to endorse a mask that would not necessarily be as effective just because it's more attractive looking well, I feel like, you know, listen, if we go back, everyone was like, at first you were telling us not to wear masks. Well, that was because we didn't understand the like sort of transmission uh, issue with this virus. 
at the end of the day, masks, unless you're wearing an N95 or like a PAPR or something like that, masks only work so well, kind of regardless of what they are. So cloth masks are okay. They're much better at you getting stuff out rather than preventing things coming into you. So if you want to stylish up your mask, I, I think it's totally fine. If, you know, multiple layers of cloth are great. In fact, I also, I got another gift, this from a different hospital, and this was sort of an individual, and one of the nurse practitioners there had her church was making masks for people, and they blessed the masks, Oh, and there's like, they were like prayed over, and no whatever, way. so it was, yeah, it was very, very cool, I was like, all right, this is great, I'm going to have these like awesome masks, and <laughs> the out... The out, so I was like really excited about this. I really am. And I'm not like a religious person, whatever. But the outside of the mask is like praise him and like oh, joy and uh, love and like all these things. And I was like, okay, well, I'll still wear it. Like, like you know, whatever. Maybe I could just tell people it's about Idris Elba. It's about, right. Praise right. him. <laughs> yeah, praise him. Hey, <laughs> um, it's my Jason Momoa mask. No, and then it, <laughs> but then I put it on and it doesn't fit. Oh, no. And so now I'm like, all right, well, because, you know, of course, they're like, show us a picture of you in your mask. And I'm like, I don't I want to put it on, but it doesn't really fit because I have such a big head. See, I'm opposite. I don't want them to be all weird. Like, uh, oh, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm it's like, a I'm blessed to... mask. So you can't right, just toss right, right. it off to the side. It's sacrilegious. Oh, my totally. goodness. Wow. Yeah. Mine was a little bit too big. So I had to do that thing where you have to make a twisty tie with one of the elastics so i've got behind my ears these two big pieces of <laughs> elastics sticking out because i have a tiny head but yeah uh-huh. it's cool to see what people are now doing there are some people that have this total street fighter look when they've got their they've got some kind of a mask that looks like um who are those the the, the blue ninja guy uh yeah well like scorpion had a yeah, mask Scorp- he was, yeah. yeah he was like come here yeah yeah they've got that but then there are other people representing sports teams i've seen like warriors and dodgers and things like that and then i see some girls who have like polka dots and in you know powerpuff girls and it's just kind of funny to see how how this is entering the fashion world um anyway we've got a lot to get to on the show today it's nurses week so we will be uh, celebrating with another nurse another nurse will be making their appearance on the airwaves of the chav channel q for the first time uh but when we come back stay the f at home they reopened an ice cream parlor and things did not go well some i think there's some crying teenagers involved in this story we'll get to that next Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Well, many places partially reopened this past weekend, and a lot of people have mixed emotions about it. It depends on where you are, but... When people start venturing out into the world, you know some problems are going to arise. I just had no idea that ice cream would be public enemy number one. It would be the most controversial thing. And when people tried to get ice cream this weekend, it did not go well. There were confrontations. There was screaming. There was swearing. Uh, there was swearing. So I thought we would highlight a couple of stories just to remind everyone, I know we're doing the Monday Munch Report later, and this is there's a food tie-in here, but this is Stay the F at Home. The world has caught a virus, so I've written you a poem. We need your help to cure it, so stay the Fudge. F at home. And if you have got 12 kids or you're living on your own, lock it down and isolate and stay the fridge at home. If you think you're not at risk here, you're living in a dome. It spreads faster than a hooker's leg, so stay the fruitcake. When home. people venture out into the world, they get angry. There's a lot of pent-up emotions, and it seemed that 
ice cream was really riling people up. People have completely lost their cool, and it started in Chicago for one ice cream man who decided to make the rounds in his neighborhood without a mask and gloves. That iconic music screams. Summer. And we all scream for ice cream. Didn't know he was going to go there. Whew. But during a pandemic, social distance the rule, getting close to the ice cream man could mean getting something else. Fact of life. Yet here's Mr. Freeze, not his name, in his truck of treats. Wouldn't you love it if that really was his name? My sister Amber Freeze did not want to go into the family business. And I, you know, I, I felt like this was the right profession to go into as Mr. Freeze. <laughs> my my sister Amber Freeze did not want to go into the family business. Unmasked, <laughs> ungloved, taking cash for cones in the Northwest Burbs. That's when CBS2 assignment editor Greg Kelly, father of two, dad on a bike, said, wait a minute. You think it's a good idea to be doing this with the stay-at-home order? COVID-19. Eventually, our Greg got a bit closer, tried to get an answer from Mr. Freeze. Again, not his name. Why are you wearing this? Why are you trying to take why are you uh, selling ice cream, out ice cream of the to children without wearing a mask? Okay, Ali, th- this is exactly what I'm talking about when I, when I talk about like the divide in the country right now about this thing and how coronavirus has become political. And and I think it's so important sometimes to, to acknowledge that people are living different realities. People have different information sources and people are, are really experiencing this in a very different way. And so I, this is the perfect example. So you have an assignment desk editor in, in the, the third largest TV market in the country and probably the second or third worst hit city. Who right, Chicago's not, yeah. Chicago's doing horribly right mm-hmm. now, right? So you're seeing nothing but coronavirus come across his desk for three months. And that's all he's talking about. And he's wearing a mask and he's doing whatever, da, da, da. And then you see this other guy who's a small business owner who is not making any income. And the income uh, ability for a truck driving around Chicago with ice cream is short, right? It's only six or seven months anyway. And what he's, his information source and what he's hearing, like what his reality is, this asshole is taking money mm-hmm. out of are taking ice cream out of these kids' hands. Like and that's the worst thing ever is that we're taking the, ice cream away from children. Right, because he's not getting the same information, the same facts, mm-hmm. having the same experience as this other person. And I think this is a perfect, perfect example of why there's so much difference between the people who are protesting in Huntington Beach or in Southern California and the rest of us who are like, like, can't don't even really want to go for a run without a mask you know what i mean exactly it is really all over the map literally and figuratively well in massachusetts there was another row over ice cream and it went a little something like this normally ice cream puts a smile on people's faces but the owner here at this shop says things. by the way this is the first uh news audio that i've seen where the reporter is reporting outside while wearing a mask so it's very interesting i've seen only you know in their living rooms or in a confined studio but now she's outside. She's got a mask on. So that that accounts for some of the muffling. Got so ugly that one of his best employees quit. After one day of opening, they're now closing back down, only serving a limited number of customers until he says he can figure this whole thing out. It was meant to be a quiet opening at Polar Cave Ice Cream Parlor in oh. Mashpee to kick off Mother's Day weekend. The owner has been able to open up under restaurant guidelines, but wanted to wait until he felt it was safe for everyone. Still, Friday was anything but business as usual. <laughs> One of my best workers quit yesterday 
at the end of her shift, she stuck it through the shift, but the word she was called and the language, you wouldn't even say in a men's locker room. And to say it to a 17-year-old kid, they should be ashamed of themselves. This so is people- happening, uh, Ali. Also, you know, like our niece works uh, at a restaurant and she works takeout and she was in tears yesterday. Really? Uh, because people are so angry and they, they just so... have all this pent up anger uh-huh. and then they want things when they go to their ice cream parlor. They just want it to be totally normal. Uh-huh. And when it's not, they take it out on these poor on the, little like, kids, like on someone who's working at an ice cream shop who's right. seven, and literally take, a take junior in high school. Totally. Isn't that it's something else? We, we got to get it together. Oh, people. We says do. they posted online that all orders must be placed an hour in advance, but he claims not everyone listened and instead took their anger out on his employees when they got busy. Oh, all right. Well, stay the F at home, everyone, if you can, because it seems real hairy out there. Um, more drop the subject when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject is back and we are on right now. Allie Johnson and James Simmons. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. It was, I'm sure, a a different Mother's Day than most other years, but hopefully at least somebody sent you some virtual flowers, though there were a lot of wait lists for that. I mean, it was rough. Do you think that I'm a bad person because I did not get my mother a gift? I feel like I blamed it on the pandemic, but I probably could have gotten her something online. Uh, I, I didn't do the same as well, Allie. So I wouldn't feel we can feel bad together. I blamed okay. mine on the pandemic and working and a dissertation. I did, however, take the time to put together a jib jab and <laughs> and post it on Facebook for her. And you mean those people that are like dancing around and they have your mom's head on them? Yes. Well, (laughs) so Jib Jab has taken their game to a whole new level and during pandemia and they have very funny little videos. So they had like (laughs) pandemic themed Mother's Day video sorts of things yesterday. It was actually kind of funny. So I I did not even know Jib Jab was still around. Oh, it's like a whole thing. It's it's a thing. It's <laughs> hysterical. Well, I I managed to send my mother's I have several mother's cards, but we did get into a conversation because we were calling my wife's in-laws and wishing, you know, my mother-in-law a happy birthday or a happy mother's day. And so and we were just having a conversation and we ended up talking about something that I wanted to bring on the air because my wife and I ended up kind of looking like a-holes and I want to See if we are really a-holes. Uh-huh. The answer so, is yes, but go on. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're they're very new. The whole gay thing is very new territory for them, right? Uh, they're old school San Francisco. They're not like, oh, progressive Castro San Francisco. They're like old school Catholic school mm, Irish San gotcha. Francisco. Yeah. And we were talking about, we were looking through some old photos together, and we saw a picture of one of uh, my wife's cousins. And he's like super, you know, manly man, trucker guy. But this picture of him in high school, he like had this cute little smile and he had his hair all perfectly quaffed and his Aww. shirt was all... He just looked very gay. <laughs> <laughs> and so oh, Katie goes, man, Andy looks real gay. And they were like, and they were so like, what? He, what do you mean? Well, how does he, how does he look? What makes a person look gay? And then we kind of were taken aback where we were like, well, I don't know, his hair's really quaffed and he looks like he has this 
a smile and he looks and then we were like wait a minute are we just being a-holes right now and kind of <laughs> saying this person looks gay when they're not gay and then they started asking well what makes a person look gay and then we were kind oh, of answering man. with total stereotypes where we were like, well, you know, if a girl plays soft, and then we're like, all right, well, now we just kind of seem like jerks who are making all these judgments <laughs> on people who, I, you know, I feel like we talk about gaydar, right? Like, oh, yeah, then you look at that person, you're like, gay. gay. Even if they have a wife or a husband, if someone of the opposite sex, you're like, that person is definitely gay. And then now our... I mean, talking to two people who really have no knowledge of gay culture whatsoever, we were kind of looking like the weird judgy people. And if they were making those same judgments, would we be mad at them? Or were they taken aback because they would have been upset that Uncle Andy or whoever was true was that gay, could be right? too. Were they like, "What do you mean he's gay?" Like they immediately went to like, "It would have been bad that he's gay." Um, I mean, it could have been, but regardless, it kind of put that into question for me as far as well. You look at some people. I mean, you you do it too. Everyone does it, right? They're like, "Oh, that guy's gay," totally. before they even open their mouth. Totally. And, and it, so, are we being jerks? Are we are we being jerks? <laughs> uh, I think we have to sort well. Yes, we sort of have to acknowledge that I feel like everyone is a jerk to some degree, like all human beings. Okay. And any any person, I think, who tells you that they do not judge someone when they look at them is lying to you. Now, whether that what comes along with that judgment is what's important. Those judgments are very much a part of our like essential skills for staying alive, right? This has been a very well researched thing that we and we make more decisions about people in the first ten seconds of meeting them than we ever probably will, and so and that is a, like a, a defense mechanism. So we all right. do these things, and some uh. of it too is is an attraction sort of thing too. Like we are we are animals at the end of the day. So all of that then wrapped up, I think we all judge people. But then what do you do with that? Is what's I think the most important thing and. Yeah, I think we're we're constantly always looking for it, looking for other gay folks because we often like felt alone when we were younger, and it's very isolating thing. And we if you want think more about, of our own, right? Yeah, you, there's only maybe ten percent of us, and so let's say that that identify as gay or lesbian or whatever. So then let's say that's half are women, so that's only five percent of the population that are lesbian, and let's say another half are only out. So you're constantly looking for two point five percent of the population to be able to like identify with. So I think you're going to come up with things like gay face or like she looks like a lesbian or whatever you know what I mean I think these things right. are there's actually some validity to them as long as there isn't like actionable judgment that goes along with them okay well I feel a little bit better that makes me so it's because we feel like we need to connect with other people in the in the in the in the family so we are always seeking that out yeah because yeah. I was like man am I what's what's going on here no, you're, turning you're me a, on my gay head you're a jerk. Oh, but I mean let's be honest every single woman that plays softball is gay right no we'll Allie. be right back Allie Damn it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. Channel Q. James Simmons. Allie Johnson. And Nurse Emily is coming up later in the show. I am so freaking excited to talk to her. It's going to be so great. You guys will die. She is like the funniest person. Uh, it's just fantastic. Watch, Go watch her videos. Check her out. And then we're talking to her later on in the day. I'm super excited about it. Uh, but right now is a little thing uh, that we do every now and then called Ask the NP, Allie. Absolutely. And we are asking the NP today about 
burping in your mask. No, we're going to ask actually about <laughs> antibodies tests. Burping uh-huh. in your mask is a whole different conversation that we don't oh, even yeah. have time for. But the antibodies tests, I think, are raising a lot of questions for people when there are more antibodies tests available are they reliable? Should everybody be getting one? It, you know, I think there are a lot of questions about what they mean. And just because you have antibodies, does that mean you have it? Uh, kind of break that down for us there, James. Sure. Yes. So antibodies are developed after you've been exposed to a, an outsider. So we'll, in this case, we'll just talk about viruses. So you've been exposed to a virus. You've been exposed to COVID-19 or to SARS-CoV-2, the name of the virus. Your body remembers it. Those are called antibodies. Oftentimes, but not always, those antibodies teach your body how to defend against the next exposure of that same virus. So Man, bodies, you, am I right? Uh, bodies, yeah. Bodies are super great, by the way. Yeah. We are the like most amazing machines ever created. Seriously. And so if you have antibodies for SARS-CoV-2, it means you have been exposed. You do not have to have gotten sick from this. It just means you've been exposed. It means you were you would have tested positive for COVID-19 at some point. Okay, so you would have technically had it even if you were asymptomatic. Correct. Correct. Okay. You cannot you cannot just like magically uh, develop antibodies for a specific virus. Now we all have antibodies against other viruses, including most most likely coronaviruses. And remember, COVID-19 is a Family, SARS-CoV-2 is part of a family of viruses. We all have likely been exposed to some sort of coronavirus in the past. So we have antibodies that know the family. They've met the cousins. They've met the aunties, but they haven't met this specific member of the family necessarily. I see. Okay. So, uh uh-huh. So it's, I know that sometimes it can be a little bit confusing for people. So you, you have to have been exposed to this particular virus to develop antibodies to this particular virus. You do not have to have been sick. We do have antibody tests right now, but they are not very reliable. And this is the big thing right now. You can pay a bunch of money to have these random companies send you an antibody test. But what we're finding is that people are getting false positives, false negatives. We're not sure how accurate the test is because... Oh. Basically, what this test does is they take some blood, they put it in a little spinny centrifuge thing, right? And this magnet tries to suck out uh, antibodies from your blood. Well, wow, that's how it works. It's kind of crazy, right? Magnets? Well, if the magnet, if the mag- and, uh, magnet's an easy way to describe it, and if a magnet doesn't suck out the right antibodies, it'll just suck out any antibodies, and the test will register that you have antibodies. Well, it might have been sucking out the wrong antibodies. So your test is like positive, meaning you have antibodies against SARS-CoV-2, except because the test isn't very good, it just means you have antibodies against some viruses. So until so, we oh, wow. until we get one that's really good at being very specific for SARS-CoV-2, these antibody tests really aren't worth a lot yet. And then are is it how long does it take to get a good antibodies test compared to a vaccine? 
uh, we could probably have the antibody test a lot faster. I mean, there, there are antibody tests that exist right now. There are lots of trials of these tests. And they're, so they're recruiting lots of people. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about they did one here in California that was like 3,000 people or whatever. Those tests take a lot longer. They're done in really big, fancy, expensive labs. Those tests are good. But there is not a mass FDA-approved test that has gone out to like all hospitals, all people, or whatever yet. So if you're a part of a study, USC did one, Stanford did one, NYU Langham did one, like all these different places, Boston, Harvard did one, um, where they're trying to establish these antibodies in different groups, but it's only being run by these major university labs. Well, I think that once we get that, that's going to be key, having a huge antibodies test. As long as, well, the other thing we have to understand, though, is how long do these antibodies last? Because antibodies oh, no. don't, antibodies don't last for forever. Well, in some cases, and some, some we have antibodies for for a really, really long time. So, like, we get exposed to chickenpox when we're a kid, right? And then we have antibodies against that virus for a very, very, very long time, like 30, 40 years. Some viruses we only have antibodies against seasonally, like the flu. Oh, man. Which is why There's we get so a flu shot. You know, you should be a doctor. Oh, wait a minute. I'm always am and proud to be a nurse, and I'll be Dr. Nurse soon. (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Many people spent time online yesterday paying tribute to their mothers, posting pictures and giving, singing their praises. And people got really creative, too, on how to celebrate. Um, But I don't think anyone got as creative as Donald Trump. He spent... Obamagate. Obamagate is a trending hashtag that they're trying to suppress over at Twitter. Obamagate. Mm, Donald Trump spent, I would guess, the entire day tweeting. He tweeted over a hundred times. And there is a, a sort of a a spark that began this Twitter storm when uh, Obama had a phone call over the weekend where he was Obamagate. pledging... To- <laughs> Sorry. Is this that uh, um, subliminal messaging? It is. It is. I'm just, I, I, I've been finally touched by the Trumpies. By no, that no. So just, another I'm, one. I'm going full Trump right now. So. Damn it. And since well, Twitter is suppressing this, I have to help get it out over the airways. Obamagate. Oh, my God. Okay. So let's just start from the beginning. Uh-huh. What happened with, with former President Barack Obama? <laughs> yes, and what so. did he say? Because he was endorsing <laughs> Joe Biden, but then he also kind of crapped on the way Trump has been responding to COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line. So he has this call with the Obama Alumni Association. This is common amongst presidents. I don't think it's quite as large like other presidents has been as large as Obama's because his call is actually about 3,000 people who formerly served during his administration. So he had this call on Friday and he basically during the call is he's like, look, whatever you guys feel about Uncle Joe, you got to get behind him. Because, you know, to quote him, this election that's coming up on every level is so important because what we're going to be battling is not just a particular individual or political party. What we're fighting against is these long term trends in which being selfish, being tribal, being divided and seeing others as the enemy. That has become a stronger impulse in American life. And by the way, we're seeing that internationally as well. So he every you know, he's like rallying the troops, or whatever. And then he goes on to say it's part of the reason why the response to this global crisis has been so anemic and spotty. It would have been bad Even with the best of governments, it has been an absolute chaotic disaster with this mindset. So he's calling the Trump uh, response to the COVID-19 pandemic an absolute chaotic disaster. And we all can imagine 
how Donald felt about that. Yes, he did tweet Happy Mother's Day. I don't think that he tweeted anything about his wife, who is a mother. But he did retweet and tweet over 100 times. There were some reports like Manu Raju on CNN kept track and said Trump has retweeted, quote, tweeted and tweeted himself 52 messages in around an hour's time on Mother's Day morning. I guess by 4 p.m. that had reached over 100. More than 100, yeah. And so, and if you think, okay, you've been, you're a social media guy. You've been on social, you, you, you spend... A good amount of time on it because that's part yeah. of that's part of Ask the NP and all that stuff. Yeah. Think about how much thought and time you put into putting one tweet out there mm-hmm. or deciding to retweet something. Mm-hmm. Then multiply that by a hundred. So if you're spending at least a couple of minutes, even if you're just stream of consciousness tweeting, I mean, if you do the math, six, four, I think that three, oh, hold on. carry the seven, if I multiply, oh, there it is. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> That's about how many minutes Donald Trump That's about how many minutes tweeting on Mother's Day in the middle of a pandemic. Your, your wife, your wife's a mother. Uh, just heads up. Yeah, and you know what? I'm sure she's used used to it. I'm sure she's not surprised. I also think she probably was like, oh, thank God he's on that machine thing again yes. and doing this thing. Like, I can just go. She probably was having her own Mother's Day, like, brunch. You know, I'm sure she's not, like, social distancing or whatever, so she probably had some, like, private little thing with her girlfriends, and she was like, you guys, November's coming. I just, well, I just gotta well, hold on. <laughs> well, plus, COVID has reached the White House, so she's probably even more quarantined, and she's like, and he's like, well, it's Mother's Day, and she's like, you know what will make you happy? You go. You go tweet on toilet. <laughs> you go make this is good for you. You go ahead. I love you. <laughs> I, lo- and, I love you. And Mother's Day is actually all about you, Donald. Yes, go exactly. And, go and make I mean, the tweet. I don't know if there are some mommy issues here. I would imagine if you're tweeting over 100 times on Mother's Day, there's something going on, Obama or not. But he retweeted or he tweeted out things like Obamagate makes Watergate look small time. Obamagate. He also said that people people in Pennsylvania, for example, they want their freedom now and they're fully aware of what it entails. And Democrats are just moving slowly for political reasons. And they they would wait until November 3rd if they were up, if it were up to them and don't play politics, be safe and move quickly. So all kinds of things. And they're also accusing Twitter of of suppressing the trending hashtag Obamagate, which is the top trending thing on Twitter exactly right now. So it continues. I mean, you just have to look at his Twitter to see that this is I mean, literally. And then people are like, wow, this is also the day that they claimed uh, that that they've made a report that 80,000 lives have now been claimed by the by the coronavirus. So Uh you're spending all the entire day on Sunday while all these people are still panicked tweeting about old crap. And from not that, not years that ago, you're, you have staffers who have become ill with COVID nineteen. You have Fauci, Burks, quarantining, uh, right? Uh, Redwood, uh, Red, uh, Redfield, the head of the CDC. All these people and their staffers quarantining because they're it's in the White House. You're not talking about that. You're retweeting about Obamagate. Yeah, ma- made up thing. So just, whatever. Um, Sorry. That's what that's what's going on in the White House right now. We, of course, will keep you updated. Uh, SCOTUS is also making an important decision about Trump's taxes, so maybe that could play into it. There's a lot going on in the in that little brain of his. Obamagate. We'll be right back. 
drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, well, it is Monday, and you know what that means. We must talk about food. Let's be honest, it's always on our minds, but we give ourselves permission to delve deep into the world of cuisine. This is the Monday Munch Yes, 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 yes. What are you doing? I'm plotting the grease. It's the best part. Let me see that. Now, we will pose a question to you later on in the show because we're going to do a double dose of the Monday Munch Report. We want to hear from you a little later in the show. We're going to talk about what is the worst thing to order pickup? Is it eggs, brunch, ice cream? Sushi. Sushi, that's a bad one. When you're not really sure how long it's going to take for them to make it versus when it is placed in your pie hole, what happens? <laughs> what is the worst thing? I mean, pasta and things like that might be easier to order. Uh, Chinese food is always a great one, but we will find out once and for all what the worst f- food to order, delivery, or pickup is because I think a lot of people are ordering everything under the sun. Uh, for pickup right now because that's all that's available but right now we are going to talk about summer food trends because apparently they have uh-huh. decided what we are to be eating this summer uh-huh. it's it's interesting to kind of decide what these uh-huh. food trends are and so they're uh, uh-huh. you know what i got i got a little issue with the word trend by the way oh in general well we're just we're about to talk about summer food trends a we're not even in summer. I feel like this is like a fundamental. This is like my journalist brain, even my researcher scientist brain, like my type A brain. We're not even into summer yet. How do we have summer food trends? And shouldn't the reporting be after the fact? Like this is what the food trends were over the summer because the people get to decide the food trends. Like this is what people were ordering. I feel like it, rosé is a perfect example. Rosé is delicious. Are you going to talk badly about rosé right now? Absolutely not, because I drink a lot of (laughs) rosé. I like it very much. I literally have different rosés for, like, different moods and different events and whatever. It's all rosés, but I have a dry one for this one and a sweeter one for that one. Like, I love rosé. But I have a rosé recommendation for you off the air. Thank you very much. But people told us to start liking rosé. Rosé was like the bastard stepchild of wine for a very long time until winemakers mm -hmm. were sick and tired of it not selling or throwing it out. So they're like, let's put a whole campaign around this thing. Let's make it rosé all day. We'll give it to the youngsters who are into wine right now. We'll make it cool. We'll make it hip. We'll we'll make it a slushy. We'll turn it into a thing. And then all of a sudden they told us that rosé was trending and now we're all hooked on rosés. So now I'm like, these people are going to tell me what... I should be trending for this summer. Like, there are no trends. There's just PR and marketing. Well, you have a little fire under you today, James. I I mean, when you... Yeah. I don't think anyone could be more upset than White Zinfandel. (laughs) She had her moment, and now... Because (laughs) my grandma drank White Zinfandel every damn day. It's pretty much the same thing as rosé. It's the same color. And people, if if you said, oh, no, this is White Zinfandel, they'd be like, get, the, get that out of my face. Get that doing? out of here. What are you but talking about? But rosé, you're right, has been completely... I mean, I remember at the grocery store when the rosé section at the in the in the wine aisle uh-huh. was like one row. It yeah. was like, boop, here it is. And now it takes up half an aisle because everybody loves rosé. And yes, of course, there's going to be some PR and marketing attached to it. But... That's what there can't 
they can't report on a trend after the fact. Yeah, that's to see exactly, what the actual trend. I because like no, the whole thing exactly is that what people want to get ahead of a trend. No, you need to be like, hey, get this is what was trending this summer, and then maybe it'll influence the fall. But like well, on this list, whipped coffee and whipped everything else. No, you're telling me that I need to get my coffee whipped. You but are, no, you were telling James- some whipped coffee makers out there who are like, we're totally going to PR this. We're totally going to have them talk about how whipped coffee is a thing or like lemon. You're telling me that I need to get into lemon this summer. <laughs> She's been around for millions of years. Like well, why yeah, Lemon now? is in every summer. Right. Lemonade. <laughs> like, hi, that's like, it. Seriously. Like, and so why then is it a trend now? Like I can't, I can't but I think, it. I think the whipped coffee thing is from TikTok because I was seeing other things from other PR companies that were sending me emails about trends. <laughs> And they were saying that everyone on TikTok is making whipped coffee at home. I think this is part of, like, bread is big because everyone was bored and wanted to make bread. Our bread has molded, by the way. But I think the point is that, you know, also on this list is, like, three-ingredient pantry meals because people are trying to make things that are frozen or in your pantry that last a long time. So there are they are looking at something, right? I mean, people are making whipped coffee because they're just trying to have fun with coffee because they've just been making a pot of coffee every day for the last two months and they're bored out of their minds is whipped no. coffee new absolutely no, not no fun i had a whipped coffee. coffee phase like four years ago coffee is serious business we don't need to be whipping it we don't need to be frou-frouing it we just need to be drinking it everyone seven to nine cups per day and no, i'm kidding well call it what you will but i don't think anyone's gonna have a better summer than potatoes according to this article oh, this Jesus. has been the monday month report <laughs> <laughs> and we will be right back with news that are losing. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Okay, drop the subject. Back in news it or lose it is about to commence. <laughs> This is where I give you three headlines and James, you vote on what we listen to next, what we hear more about. Do you have your clinger? Ah, that's the good sound. Thank you. All right. Here's your first headline. The reason why we're obsessed with gross food internet challenges. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Headline number two. Katy Perry performs baby mine with her poodle nugget. No, no. Lose it. <laughs> and I even like Katy Perry, but I don't know. I like her too. And I'm so also so done with her. Every time I see a video with her and I'm like, can you just stop? You need well, so much attention. Also, I'm a little bit over celebrities and what they're doing during quarantine. Yeah. Like, I kind of don't like all the TV is right now is you watching celebrities watching old clips of themselves when shows were live. Like I just I'm not, I don't really care what. You're yeah. Doing, well, you this know? is part of like a Disney sing along series. So every I think it's every Sunday or something they've been doing these and celebrities will sing like Ariana Grande was singing a Hercules song. And so it's, it's okay. like all the kids can sing along and it's fun for them. But then you're also like, I just I don't need to see Ariana Grande. I don't know. Anyway. From her bedroom. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Right. Uh, okay. Headline number three. Betty White to star in Lifetime Christmas movie. Get out. That's the only thing we need to talk about. What was the first story? I don't even remember. Just 
Just I don't either. It doesn't matter. It if doesn't you are matter. dreaming of a white Christmas, it looks like you are <laughs> going to get your <laughs> wish. Very good. Very good. Betty um, White has signed on to star in a Lifetime Christmas movie. The network has announced it. In the untitled film, White's character helps ready would-be Santas for the holidays, but a mystery looms. Is she actually Mrs. Claus? Oh, that's, oh my God, it's so cute right now. I want to watch it. I want to be cuddled up with my Snuggie on the couch with a fire playing and like a warm cup of like coffee with a bunch of like Kahlua and Chambord in it. And then like, just like totally watching it and like hanging out with Betty. And But you know what? They need to hurry up and make that movie. Because can we just right, put Betty in a bubble, but then film her in the bubble? Because we got to get uh, COVID or not. How much longer we got Betty is a big question Ruth, mark. Just put them in a bubble. It's yeah, right. it's non-consent. Like they don't have a choice. We are putting them <laughs> in the bubble. <laughs> and that's all there is to it. And I feel like Betty White answered a bat signal. I feel like right now everyone needed this so uh-huh. badly. And she was just <sighs> sleeping. And then she was like, I need to do a Lifetime movie. And they're like, <laughs> and then she just calls and she's like, I'm ready. And they're like, all right. And they just start writing. And they have a team of people that can write these things in 24 hours. Totally. I mean, it's pretty easy to knock them out. Yep. So she is ready to go. And um, there are, there's more Lifetime holiday movie news. The network announced that Kelly Rowland will also star Ooh. in Merry Little Christmas Wedding, a sequel from last year's Merry Little L-I-D-D-L-E, Christmas, mm-hmm. which featured Kelly Rowland. And I feel like she deserves more airtime. She's super talented. Yeah, she is super talented. And it's it's really hard when your good friend and former bandmate is like the single largest, eh, single largest pop culture icon in the Western world, I'll say. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty, it's pretty hard to live up to that. So even though Kelly Rowland has done some really big, awesome things, she always gets compared to Beyonce, and then they're like, oh, well, she's not really doing anything, which is not true. I know, and she's like, I'm doing so much, you guys. Please. Yeah. <laughs> you can't compare right. me to somebody like Beyonce. Like a once-in-a-generation you know, person like Beyonce. Yes, yeah. who we learned from Jason Carter has her own helicopter. Okay. Um... Let's move on to competitive eating and internet challenges. Why can't people stop watching uh, watching gross food videos? Competitive eating. It seems to be one of the hottest trends on YouTube. Barf. Food Fears is a big YouTube show. If you click on one video, you'll likely find it difficult to stop watching until you reach a personal breaking point. So there is some psychology behind this. Uh, Benign masochism is Uh a theory that has been created by the University of Pennsylvania psychologist Paul Rosen, and he found that it is enjoyable to experience something scary and unpleasant in a safe environment when you are not in any real harm. Think about a roller coaster, a scary movie, or in our case, a 20-pound cheeseburger. You get an adrenaline rush uh, without the threat to your life. So basically, you hurt yourself a little bit, but not in a dangerous way, and you like to watch other people take that risk because you would never do it in your life but you want to get as close to it as possible dr pimple popper it's the exact it's the reason why people love watching that stuff these huge zits being popped on other people you just squeeze it real hard Allie, and it like squirts out all over your face yeah we gotta go drop the subject the new channel q back on the playground it was a badge of honor if you could whoop out 
the best yo mama joke and make someone else like cry like it was like the it was like the first battleground like we were in you could be seven or eight years old and they were the dumbest dumbest jokes Yo, yo mama's so fat, she walked outside and got stuck. <laughs> your mama's so fat that she, when she sits around the house, she sits around the house. She sits around the house, right. Well, in, in 2020, in the, ti- in the mm-hmm. time of COVID, we've, uh, we, we didn't do this. But the, the beautifulness of the interwebs has remastered yo mama jokes. And... Yeah. I kinda, well, yeah, I'm because if you think it. about it, I mean, it was Mother's Day on Sunday and everyone is celebrating their moms, but they're not necessarily able to be with their moms unless you're quarantining with your mom. So I think that it's important to rewrite the story when it comes to your mama jokes. Your mama jokes are always portrayed as uh, your mama's so fat, your mama's so poor, your mama's so mean. I mean, it's all negative things when it comes to your mama. So as sons and daughters i feel like it's important we highlight some of the nice things that mamas do and give the yo mama jokes a positive spin yo mama is so skilled at coaching basketball she could apply for a job in the nba oh oh, what oh snap all right so here we go (laughs) also why not the WNBA? like i understand that i mean i think the WNBA is great by the way very true very true just, just saying. Yo mama is so healthy. Allie. Her BMI is probably exactly within the ideal range for a woman her age. Yeah. Oh, no, you did not. <laughs> oh, shoot, Allie. See, stop it, okay? Yo mama, Allie, is so well respected within her profession that I bet she'll get another raise and promotion this year despite that downward trajectory of the economy. Stop. What you know? What? What you know about me? What you What you know about me? <laughs> me too. I'm loving these yo mama uh, your jokes. Your mom is so well read that she could teach a course on literature at an accredited university. <laughs> an not accredited, just any university. Not even Devry. Accredited. <laughs> and not not even Devry. Right. An accredited university. Um, yo mama is so attractive. She could be on the cover of Prevention <laughs> magazine. <laughs> Yo mama is so supportive of you and your efforts. I wouldn't be surprised if you were incredibly successful as a result. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I'm finding these like so hysterical. Oh, snap. Yo mama is so internet savvy. She should start her own social networking site designed specifically for moms. It would be like really popular. See, I think these are just as fun, and they also are doing mamas a service, okay? Uh, Yo mama is so generous that she just paid for everyone's meal at Applebee's. Oh! Oh, snap. I love, and I love that it's Applebee's, Yeah, which would cost, like, max 70 bucks. (laughs) I mean, maybe, you know, sometimes you get those family dinners for four or whatever. Or is that isn't that what Jesse was going to dominate? Wasn't it like when we were done with the show last week? One one day last week, Jesse was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait for this weekend because I'm going to go yeah. dominate Applebee's." And we were like, <laughs> "We were like, you're going to order Applebee's so you can dominate. Like, don't you want to dominate something else? Like, no shade to Applebee's, I guess, but like, there's so many other no, things. No, it, it's, it's very strange to be like, I'm going to crush an Applebee's. You're like, why? 
And I'm sure Applebee's is like, why? Like, it's not like Applebee's thinks they're anything else. You know, they know what they are. Right. Like they know exactly what they are. And they're totally fine with that. I think they're, they're really good at it. I mean, wow, Jesse, uh, listen, your mama is so good at cooking. She should open her own restaurant. Speaking of Applebee's, drop the subject, the new channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie Johnson and James Simmons, nurse practitioner, very soon to be doctor. He will have a virtual graduation ceremony, which is a bummer because we won't see his heels as he walks across the stage to get his diploma. <laughs> but nevertheless, very hard earned and very well deserved. This last weekend, we finally heard, uh, we're about to talk about Tara Reid, and um, just a kind of a little trigger warning, if anybody is sensitive to speaking about sexual assault, we are going to kind of go through some of the details that she released during her interview this past weekend with Megyn Kelly, which was just on Megyn Kelly's YouTube channel. There, It was not being broadcast on Fox News or any other platform. It was just Megyn Kelly's YouTube. And she was supposed to speak last weekend. Uh, Tara Reid is a former staffer of Joe Biden, and she is uh, alleging that he sexually assaulted her 27 years ago, I believe, in 1993. And she was supposed to speak last weekend and we were, you know, prepared last Monday to kind of tell you about that. And then she backed out of the last minute and everyone was like, what's going on there? That's kind of strange. And of course, everyone has all these theories about why that happened. She's now saying it was because she was afraid for her life. She was getting death threats, which, um, you know, definitely could be the case. People get very riled up over this stuff. And so her interview with Megyn Kelly was very interesting. She detailed some of the things that happened during the assault. She recounted it and said that he said something very vulgar to her when they when they had their exchange. She said, you know, quote, I pulled this way away from his head. So he was kissing my neck area and he whispered, did I want to go somewhere else in a low voice? He had said some other things. I can't remember everything he said, but he said something vulgar. Um, when asked what he said, she responded that Biden had said, I want to F you. And there was also she was wearing crotchless underwear. So she was talking about that and how he tried to touch her underneath her skirt area. And Mm. so there was some details about that and that she didn't want to come forward because she didn't want to reveal to some of her friends and family members that she was wearing crotchless underwear because she was like, I was going to go see my boyfriend later. And I was, you know, wearing this for him. And then, you know, this was a detail in the assault that I did not want to talk about. So that was part of the reason why I didn't detail all the things that happened at that time. Um, So it's interesting to hear all these details coming out now. And, um, there was also some things that she said in, in when Megyn Kelly asked her if she had anything specific that she wanted to say to Joe Biden. Experience that. If he's watching this, mm-hmm. what do you want to say to him? I want to say you and I were there, Joe Biden. Please step forward and be held accountable. You should not be running on character for the president of the United States. You want him to withdraw? I wish he would. Mm. But he won't. But I wish he would. So she believes that he should drop out of the race, which, of course, would then make it sort of a done deal for Donald Trump. And I think what a lot of people are struggling with right now is, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm reading about. Oh, you know, news outlets are trying to suppress this information. They don't want to talk about Tara Reid. They don't want to acknowledge Tara Reid because of what it means. If people don't want to vote for Joe Biden, doesn't mean that they want to vote for Donald Trump. I will say Donald Trump has been has had his fair share of accusations. And it's 
it's important that we talk about this because Absolutely. it's conflicting and you don't want to say, oh, I'm going to read, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this and watch this and find some kind of reason why I don't want to believe it. Because I mean, as somebody who's a Democrat and who's going to pl- and plans to vote for Joe Biden, I don't want to read this and believe it. You know, it's, it's really right. tough to take in something like this, but you cannot discount what she's saying. You, you can't. And you, you have to sort of give her, you know, kind of like the Title IX conversation we had last week with David Hackenfar. Right, you, yeah. She has to have her due process, and, and Joe Biden has to have his, his due process for, for what it's worth. You know, the, she did go on to say in the interview, you know, Megyn Kelly asked her about uh, it, the sort of the timing of this, and she did go on to say in, in the interview that she's she wasn't doing this to try to bring down Joe Biden so that Donald Trump would get elected. She, you know, she said, I'm not trying to get Donald Trump elected. I'm certainly not trying to get trying to get Joe Biden elected. He's the man who hurt me. Um, And but that's I think what a lot of people who are sort of questioning her story are saying and that they're like they're really curious about the timing of this. Um, She was also part of a group of women who did publicly talk about their uncomfortable experiences with Joe Biden last year. At the time, Tara Reid did not make uh, full sexual assault allegations like she's making now. Um, And she says just at that time, she was fearing for her and her daughter's safety at the time, which is why she didn't want to say those things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if that, you know, that, that, that could be true, because then now, you know, she's saying the interview that she was supposed to have last week you know, she canceled because of these death threats. So it, it is very interesting. You know, the, the Biden campaign did issue a statement um, on Thursday evening. So before this, um, just saying that more and more inconsistencies are arising from a, a Reed's allegations. And they say, you know, women must receive the benefit of the doubt. They must be able to come forward and share their stories without fear of retribution or harm. And we have all have a responsibility to ensure that at the same time, we can never sacrifice the truth. And the truth is that these allegations are false and that the material has been presented to back them up under scrutiny keeps proving their falsity. So, um, you know, Tara, now that we know sort of a clearer picture of Tara Reed's allegations on Sunday with Megyn Kelly, we do also see that at least before, right before them, the Biden campaign is still, you know, adamantly denying that this ever happened. Yeah. And, you know, you're right. I mean, an investigation needs to happen. We need to find out as much as we can about this. But it goes back to, again, what we were talking about last week with David Hackenfarr at Pride Legal and how difficult it is to prove one thing or the other. Because when Mm -hmm. it comes down to it, most of these situations are between two people. And are you going to believe this person that, you know, are you going to believe Tara Reid or are you going to believe Joe Biden? Usually you would tend to believe the person who's making the accusations. But it's just so muddy. You don't know what's going on on and 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 I know we have to go but I think another thing that's worth pointing out is that I am sick and tired of these news outlets comparing it to Brett Kavanaugh mm-hmm. and being like well Brett Kavanaugh had to go through all this stuff and it's like yeah <laughs> He, yes, yes, he Cause, did. Cause and he everybody sh- else did as well. Yeah. But why are we saying like, oh, he had to go through all this crap and now everybody's suppressing this other thing? I, I don't think it's I mean, they're they're two completely different cases. Yep. The circumstances are completely different. And it's strange to me that they continuously compare the two. Well, what about this? Yep. It's like, no, that was that. And this is this. And this okay? is this, right. Yeah. So, ah, all right. Anyway, uh, when we come back. What do we have going on? What do we have? Oh, yes. Part two of the Monday Munch Report. That's Mm -hmm. right. It is Monday, so we must munch, munch on after this. 
Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject. New Channel Q. James Simmons, Allie Johnson, and producer Jesse continues to not perform very well. I can't say anything because I am apparently the abusive one in this relationship. Oh, okay. There's apparently Uh, some kind of producer, alley producer support group that I don't know about. (laughs) They had, well, they they had a virtual retreat this weekend, Allie. They they (laughs) forego, they forego Mother's Day because they were like uh, the real mother figure in our life. Allie Johnson. Mm-hmm. They spoke to uh, me, Allie Johnson, in a te- uh, that was a teddy bear sitting in a chair. And going, you just make me feel <laughs> like I'm worthless. Completely worthless. Uh, I'm just trying to do my job, and you're so mean to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so even though producer Jesse continues, I, I mean, I won't go full tilt bandwagon. I'll let you have all of that, like the abusive stuff. But um, anyway, you know, if you make your talking. own decisions, okay? You think about. <laughs> I will present the mistakes that Jesse makes, and I will say no, uh-huh. nothing else, and then you decide, okay? You decide if this man deserves just a tiny, tiny little bit of emotional abuse. It activates people sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole thing. But we'll talk about that later, Allie. Right now, we need to talk more about food, and it is the second half of the Monday Mantra Poll. That sounds good. I'll have that. Yes, 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 yes. What are you doing? I'm blotting the grease. It's the best part. You see that? Yes, and I I ordered some pickup this weekend, and I believe when I... It took a long time to pick it up because it was Mother's Day. And when I picked it up, I I I opened the container, and I was like, this is the worst food that anybody could have ordered for pickup. Like, there there was just... And it was edible. It was fine. But it got me thinking, what is the worst food item to order... To have either pick up or delivered, especially delivered. Now, now, was this was this honestly? Do you think it was? So you picked it up. So do you think it was just sitting under a warmer for too long, or what? I mean, what was the like categorical difference between and had this come out and been set in front of you on a table versus you just picking it up? Because you'd think that wouldn't be that much difference of time, you know? Well, I think with what I ordered, there's a very small window. Of mm. where that food could taste at its optimal deliciousness. And uh-huh. when I placed the order, I placed it at the counter. They told me to come back in 30 minutes. I came back in, in 35 minutes. And when mm-hmm. I walked up, my order was ready. Oh, so it's your fault. <laughs> they, well, yeah. they Everybody <laughs> around me was also waiting for much longer. And they looked like they had scowls uh-huh. on their faces. And every time they were handing uh-huh. packages to them, they were saying, sorry about the wait, sorry about the wait. So I gave myself an extra five so I wouldn't be one of those disgruntled people. Uh-huh. But then your food was crappy. Well, okay, so Allie, the mystery, what was this? It was Eggs Benedict. Eggs Benedict. Now there are several. <laughs> okay. There are several things yes. that can go wrong with an eggs Benedict when it is sitting yeah. in a container for I would say more than five minutes. The thing yeah. going to brunch and going to breakfast is made for hot and ready, right? Mm-hmm. If I like, was going to order delivery like or pickup, I would never choose to do breakfast or brunch or anything with eggs in it. It has got to be the worst thing to order pickup or delivery. <laughs> Because when you, if you order well, your eggs, it doesn't matter that. how you order your eggs. You could order them over right. easy. They're going to be hard-boiled by the time you get them because they're they're cooking. 
they're they're just gonna keep cooking, right? Well, and their their eggs Benedict is a whole recipe balance thing that needs to go in it, and certain things need to be hot, and then this and the whatever. So like putting it all together, and then it just sits there for a oh, while. I agree. Soggy this English, food English muffin. You, it was a whole thing. The English muffin, it right because you want that kind of crispy, but you want the sauce kind of mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So what do so you think? I, yes, there's very very small window. I, so I would have told you that like like fajitas like mexican food oh. would have been a thing but but we did that for cinco de mayo mm-hmm. and it was all and right it was all right it was good i don't know what if they use some sort of like magic thing in the packaging or whatever they did use the you know the aluminum that you have to pinch all the way around yeah, it's key. with the like really good yeah i think that was key so it kept them really hot but they didn't get like too moist or like too whatever. I don't know. They were good. It was, I was really surprised with that. I'm going to have to go with seafood things though. <laughs> I would say uh, some kind of a float or an ice cream dish, or I would absolutely <laughs> agree. Any kind of seafood would be absolutely disgusting. I, we don't have time to get into the story, but the one time I, dr- I dr- we dro- drove up to South Lake Tahoe, which is a very far drive. And we picked up Taco Bell and we did not eat it until we got home. And oh, I oh, have a lot of Taco oh, Bell paper oh. in my belly from that experience <gasps> that I think will never go what? away because it was oh, all, all just no. smashed. Get oh my god, it was the absolute worst. Oh. Um, so yeah, I, I feel for anybody who has ordered something, pick up and delivery, and regretted it. But hey, those are the times that we live in right now. We'll be right back with more. Drop the subject after this. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Well, despite being confined to our homes, the 2020 race is still underway and people are clamoring at the opportunity to get into the Oval Office. Although I don't know if it's the best place to be right now, considering several staffers have tested positive for COVID-19 and the weekend was spent scrambling around trying to quarantine people. I believe that Dr. Fauci is quarantining himself. There are some people that are probably not going to be showing up to some meetings. And then I'm sure there are people in the White House going, whatever, not me, it doesn't matter. Um, But it's important. Me, it's fine. <laughs> well, you know, until it affects me, then I don't care. So, it's, but it's important to talk about what's going on with the 2020 race. This is Drop the President. Drop the President. Of course, earlier in the show, we detailed some of the things that were said in the Megyn Kelly interview with Tara Reid, which is a former uh, Biden staffer who has alleged sexual assault against uh, the Democratic candidate, Joe Biden. And we'll see how that affects things. Right now, though, it seems that according to one of the latest polls, Biden has probably the steadiest lead on record when it comes to a presidential race. He is he's leading Donald Trump by 50 percent to 41 percent. But then when you factor in that Justin Amash guy, remember that? And he oh, just was like, oh, oh by the way, me too. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Go away. <laughs> Representative Amash included in the libertar- in the Libertarian Party candidate. That would make it 47 percent Biden. 40% Trump, uh, Trump and 5% Amash, which is oh, not even enough to be a wash for Amash. Oh. But hey, yeah, yeah, no one. Okay. That's good. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> but even with Biden's lead, though, sorry, I'm throwing Ali off her game right now because we're making jokes about Awash and Amash. Uh, you know, it, the big hot topic, obviously, 
talking about Tara Reid and figuring out the situation and her sexual assault allegations is 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 number one and and the you know what 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 we needs to be done about those things. But also, you know, if Joe Biden continues to be the the president, he needs a running mate. And he promised earlier on in the election cycle that he would um, nominate a woman to be uh, vice president. And so the list uh, may be getting a little bit shorter. We may be getting a little bit closer to understanding who Joe Biden actually wants to pick as his uh, vice presidential running mate. No, you may, you raise up a, a very good point because names have been thrown around. Like Kamala Harris is apparently the favorite as far as VP pick. Of course, Elizabeth Warren's name has been thrown around and Senator Amy Klobuchar. I don't personally think that he would I think that he's gonna that he wants to and should go with a a woman of color I absolutely think that would be the right move now would somebody like Kamala Harris attach herself to Joe Biden uh, when it comes to these sexual assault allegations and they had a lot of problems mm-hmm. with each other during the debates i mean mm-hmm. that whole conversation about busing and the little, that little girl was me that was a very heated moment in some of the early debates and as that does kind of fade away into the background, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, now that the scrimmage is over, you got to be on the same team. And it's like, yeah, that's true. But also, you know, when it comes to things like sexual assault allegations, that is some heavy stuff to attach your name to. It is a very heavy thing to attach your name to. And I would imagine that, you know, just speaking about this for it, it is what it is and that these are women who have a, a perspective about this that might be different than Joe Biden's or his campaign's approach to this. And that is really something that they're going to have to take into consideration. Um, in fact, my guess is that the, the, some of these women may have been asked already and are like, well, we need to figure this whole thing out first. Like, did Uncle Joe do any of these things? Like, how are we going to handle this investigation? Also, I think there's another conversation about, uh, you know, there's, I think in the new political climate that we are in, it is so risky to become vice president because it could make it very difficult for you to then become president. So if Kamala Harris or, or Stacey Abrams or whoever, Klobuchar, have actual presidential aspirations, it might not always be the best and wisest move to become the vice president first. That's a great point. Uh, just to keep, catch you up and round this out, uh, Bernie Sanders says he has, quote, stayed away from Biden's VP search. <laughs> So. Oh, okay. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks. Did for anybody that. ask you, Burns? Bernie Sanders. Boo boo. Stay but, inside, uh, honey. We- <laughs> <laughs> stay away and stay inside. Right. Uh, drop the subject returns more after this. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop, drop the, the subject, subject on the new channel Q. Haha, I stole it from you, Allie Johnson. Whoa, I love it. You know what? I'm really surprised that we haven't done that a lot more in pandemia. Like, we've been at this for a good six weeks or so, and I think we've only talked over each other, like, unintentionally, like, twice, you know? So, uh, Well, yeah, it, it's it's tough because we are not in the same room. We can't pick up on visual, as many visual cues, and, you know, you kind of have to wait for one person to finish what they're saying and then let it sit, and then, I mean, it, and then that whole Zoom talking over each other or starting and then stopping that is a thing that is happening all the time now in a Zoom meeting where people are like, all right, no, all right, no, it's okay, you go. But uh, no, you're on mute. I mean, there's a whole like 30 second lag time there, it seems, when you add it all up. So I think we're actually doing pretty good, James. I think we are doing fantastic. I also think that you and I should come up with the rule book for that. And then we can be billionaires. Like if we come up with a rule book of like, here's how you handle it when someone is talking on Zoom and then there's a delay and then people over talk it. Like if everyone knows the rules and can level set on this, I think it would be brilliant because if we're all going to be working from home, we should totally do that. Let's do this, Allie. Well, you have to. No, I'm kidding. 
steal focus somehow, and that is just grabbing the first animal in your home. Oh, so, so whoever holds if, up the puppy the fastest wins. Yeah, that's like having the talking stick. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you have the talking pet. You have the talking animal. Or yeah. So like, it's like even if so one person's talking and then all of a sudden someone has a cat in the frame, they're like, whoa, a cat. <laughs> like it completely side derails everybody. <laughs> oh, a cat. I think that's a fantastic idea. I'm trying also very hard to come up with a segue between the talking <laughs> cat and Go looking ahead. at your partner's phone. Um, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to radio in the time of COVID, everyone. It is Monday. I still have, we have quarantine brain, and it's not. It's the first day of the week, damn it. Uh, but listen, we we have just a few minutes left. Uh, but I do think this is a really important topic that people should talk about. Like you're around each other all the time, and. Surveys are saying that most Americans agree you should not look at your partner's phone. Like even I if mean, it's there, it's open, it's unpasscoded, you shouldn't look at it. But a third of Americans are also admitting to having done it. Well, it depends on the age, too. I mean, people who are younger do it more often. They say people aged 18 to 29 do it 52% of the time. Mm. People 30 to 49 do it 41% of the time. Then we go into the boomer area, 50 to 64, they do it 29% of the time. 65 and up, I mean, 13% of them are able to get into their partner's phones, which is a a real feat if you're 65 and up. Um, But I don't ever do this. The only time that I've ever been curious is if my wife and I get into an argument, a big argument, which is not, we don't usually have a big fight. Mm -hmm. And I think, is she on the phone texting back and forth with our friends talking crap about me? Mm -hmm. That's what I get nervous about. And I want to check her. That's the only time where I'm like, I really want to check her phone and see what she's saying about me. And I'll, I'll be like, what are you talking? Who are you talking to? Are you talking to Lauren about me? And she's like, no, I haven't said anything. But that's the only time that I'll be, that I'll have the instinct to to look in there. Otherwise, I know what I'm getting in for. It's just a bunch of pictures of our cats. Well, and I think, right, I love that. And then, but I think what you point to is the sole solitary reason why anybody does it in the first place. Some sort of insecurity. You think they're cheating. You think that they're having a conversation about your relationship with other people that they shouldn't be. You think that they're trying to surprise you about something like whatever, like whatever we have fear based sort of insecurity thing that that happens. And that's why everyone has like sort of an impetus to to like want to do that. I don't, you know, and uh, Chris and I know each other's passcodes. Our phones are locked. But we know each other's passcodes. I don't think he ever really looks at my phone. I know I don't really look at his. Like every once in a while, I'll open it up. Like when something was going on with the family and I saw that like his family was texting him and he was in the bathroom or, you know, stuff like that. I'll look. But like we kind of share a lot of anything every ways anyway. I, man, I can't talk today. So I don't I guess I've never really he's never also really given me a reason to to like look into it and be like, I think he's cheating. You know what I mean? Like, I've never really had a reason to look for it. Well, and if Chris were to go into your phone, he'd just find Dr. Pimple Popper videos. Hell yeah, he would. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. James Simmons guest co-hosting with your Allie Johnson. And listen. All right, y'all. A lot of people don't know this. 
I mean, y'all do know that it's Nurses Week. You see my y'alls are coming already, Emily. You see that? We talked. We have a special guest on. I'm just going to get to her right now. We have Emily Annette, and she is Nurse Emily, and she has just completely exploded in the last just couple of weeks with this amazing viral video. And so we're going to get to all of that, but because several, yes, and because it is Nurses Week and International Nurses Week, it also the WHO is titled 2020, the International Year of the Nurse because it is our patron saint florence nightingale's 200th birthday this year like her she would be 200 years old uh and she's kind of a badass and so is emily emily welcome to the show well thank you so much i like that i get to be a badass yay (laughs) it's funny because we were taught you are a badass well both of you are I wanted to talk about literally what we were just talking about off the air. It was about how the first video that you had ever made basically went viral. And it's sort of like hearing somebody who is like, yeah, the first time I ever online dated, I met my my partner and I got married and it was just great. And you're like, how did that happen? So what did you, you just decided you needed a place to to rant? Because (laughs) I understand a nurse needing to rant right now. There are a lot of things to be frustrated about, but how did this this all begin and turn into what it is. I had gone to the grocery store that night and it was the week that everything was really starting to hit with us realizing everything's going to have to change because of this. So for the whole week, every time you turn around, somebody's coming in and putting something new in a binder. Two minutes later, they're tearing it out. Nope, we changed the policy. So I'm just over it. And I go to the grocery store. This lady in front of me is doing everything she thinks is right. And she's doing all of it wrong. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, you know, that that just I'm going to have to kill you, lady. So I get home and normally I will just type something out, you know, text message, whatever to my friends and my cousins when I get like that. And I was too tired. So I was like, I'll make a video. What the heck? Literally first video I've ever made. Did it in one take, slap, put it on Facebook. I didn't even have a YouTube channel. This is how bad I am at this. And put it up there. And like I said, the next morning I get up just expecting a few friends to have been like, you're it, whatever. 4,000. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know that many people. Right. <laughs> And then you made another one that that has gotten 35 million views about a a woman in a grocery store who freaked out because somebody had touched their face without washing. That was the one. That was the very first one. one. Okay, I see. That was the very first one. And then she got got all upset and then she used the pin pad and basically got just just as many germs. She really thought she was doing what she was supposed to. You know, don't touch your face. You got to wash your hands. But it was her that needed to wash her hands. (laughs) She's still just contaminating everything. And I'm just going oh my gosh the best part of that about that too what i love i absolutely love this emily where you you were like and then she pulls out her debit card and puts it in and uses the pin pad that and that that is my my husband is very much he's like well at least when we go to the store he he does the little phone over it you know it hovers over and it reads it whatever and he's like at least i don't have to touch that pin pad because that is the most disgusting thing oh it is they never clean them and now i crack up because i go in everywhere and they have a layer of plastic over it it's, yeah like that does anything what is that supposed to do plastic i know <laughs> this is this is really something else well i was re- you know i was joe we were joking with emily right before we we went on the air about how I'm surprised that you have a voice 
right now because you I think when we were just looking at all the interviews I mean I think that you have done about 487 interviews in the last four it days it feels like it but I never <laughs> shut up so this is nothing new <laughs> people are actually listening now so that's the only difference well, usually I just babble and people ignore me <laughs> <laughs> well no it's nice to hear from people like you and people like James who you know when we were kind of talking about this off the air too nurses are, and people who are in the medical field that aren't somber and sad and saying everything's going to get worse and like it's important to keep people informed but you two are keeping people informed in a lighter fluffier way that makes things you get you get the information you need but it's also you get a little dose of of kind of fun and realness to it that people really need right now absolutely and I learned years ago that if you want somebody to learn something you can't just dump information on them And especially when they're keyed up, stressed, nervous, whatever, you have to have a little bit of humor. You have to know how to present it or they're not going to retain it. So all this stuff that's just throwing down on people, they're maybe retaining an eighth of it. So it's not helping. You've got to give it in small chunks and you've got to have a sense of humor about it or it's never going to click. I 100% agree with that. And uh, because I think especially in this world now, this TikTok world and, and everything's on stories on Instagram or whatever, if you can't get a message out in 15 seconds or less like people aren't aren't listening to it but i emily i think that's something that you have in spades like literally just finding out about you last week and watching your videos i mean the videos you do on on youtube now and all of these different things it's just great and you're like i love this question from twitter and then you get a great question and then you just answer it and there's a lot of great factual information in there i think nurses we do a fantastic such a good job at educating people and, and we understand these things, right? These concepts of keeping th- keeping things short, unlike me talking right now. And then you do these like like short videos and people get it. And that it's really, really helping the world, Emily. The funniest thing you mentioning TikTok. Now this, I'm, I'm like one of the dinosaur nurses on my unit. You know, it's all 20 somethings and me for the most part. I think there's two <laughs> other nurses around my age. So they're all, you know, TikTok and blah, blah, blah. And one of them sends me one and it's her doing a TikTok to my rant, to the end of my rant. And I'm like what? And she says, oh yeah, it's all over. And so I click on there. I'm not going to tell y'all how much time I spent on that, but it is the strangest thing in the world to see some guy in Dubai with your voice coming out of his mouth. And I'm just like, I don't know exactly how I feel about this, but I'm hilarious. So wait, so people were dubbing them your voice? Of them, oh, like lip syncing to your rant. It's hysterical, yes. And some of them, it's so funny. But the one thing that I notice is, okay, there's only a handful that fully commit when they go to do the touch your face. They just kind of do this, and I'm like, no, honey, you got to get that waddle going. You got to get that (laughs) Do it. Get your double chins shaking. Commit. Okay, we're gonna take a break, and when we get back, we have many more questions for Nurse Emily. Uh, Many of her videos have gone viral, and of course, just a lovely person to talk to. And it's important to highlight nurses. It is Nurses Week after all. So when we come back, more with Nurse Emily. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and James. And we're talking to Nurse Emily Annette, who is the viral video sensation from Tennessee. Just how, in general, I mean, we're over here in California. How are people reacting to this entire thing in Tennessee? Are people like, I want to get back to work? Or are they being pretty safe? Or are you just seeing everything all over the map? Kind of all over the map. You've got, I think, a majority of people are being pretty cautious. But it's a very, very thin line of a majority because <laughs> we never really fully closed down. And I think that was one of the big things is we 
we stopped some stuff, but not a lot. Um, we didn't really curb nearly as much as we should. And I hate to say it, but Tennessee big we're reopened was literally the worst day for COVID-19 infections and deaths in Tennessee. I was like, Oh, oh this gosh. is going to end well, but <laughs> you know, it's, it is what it is. You just, you got to take care of yourself. So, yeah. And it's, it's really difficult. We talk a lot about that. You know, even here in California, we're sort of partially reopening. And there's some counties who are completely ignoring the state's orders. And they're fully reopening right now, even though there's in those particular counties, their cases are still rising. They haven't flattened out yet, like a lot of folks. But I kind of want to get back to just because we have you for such a short amount of time. I feel like Emily, the the level of a respect and appreciation for nurses has really changed through all of this. And, and we're sort of at the forefront of conversations now. And yes, there's the hero worship stuff that's going on, and we appreciate that. But I think that there are other types of conversations that are happening now and sort of elevating the position of the nurse right now. And I just, I, I just want to know if that's just me and my pipe dream or if you are feeling this as well. No, definitely. And I think it's just basically the nurse always just been seen as these people who do what the doctors tell them to and mm-hmm. take people to the bathroom. You know, that mm-hmm. that pretty much is what they have seen us. And now they're realizing, okay, the doctors, most of the time, they're just whipped through for 10 or 15 minutes. That's all they've got. The nurses are the ones that handle everything else. And people never really thought about the fact that every day that we go to work, we're putting our life on the line. And it's, it's right. been that way my whole career. I started at the very tail end of the AIDS epidemic. And so it, it's always been that way. We walk in and we don't know what we're into. We had VRE cases at the hospital that I worked. We, we didn't mm-hmm. have a, a, a medication that would work against it at that point. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always been that way, but people are only just now seeing it because it's on such a huge global scale that they can't ignore. I mean, just wow. just meeting you and also working with James over the months, I mean, t- and just in my own experience, people who are nurses are a very special kind of person. I mean, you you are putting yourself, like you said, on the line every day, but you're also dealing with people who are extremely anxious and stressed and need answers that you don't necessarily have all the time, especially now. There are so many more questions than answers, and I just think it takes a very special type of person to have a, a big enough heart to be able to take that in every single day because there's so much stress and anxiety and energy that you're taking in on a daily basis. I just can't imagine doing that every day. I just, you know, from from my perspective and, and having work and I, you know, throughout this process, you're realizing how how much you guys do. And it really is amazing. Oh, gosh, thank you. My head is absolutely huge now. <laughs> I'm wonderful. It's true, though. One more question I wanted to ask you that I've asked James before. James says that every nurse has their thing, right? Their one thing that they really don't like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Emily is totally nodding oh, her head yes. already, by the way. Yes, y'all, James, don't, y'all don't understand. This is a thing. Yeah. It, 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 it was broken bones. Now, what is your thing? Feet. Oh, my God. I hate feet. And inevitably, I work in a psych hospital right now, okay? Somehow or other, I still wound up with a patient who had gangrene in his feet. I'm like, God has the sickest sense of humor. I'm a psych nurse. I'm not supposed to have to do this anymore. I paid my dues. Oh, no. I'm in there taking care of rotten toes. And I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Just, you know, the gagging the whole nine yards. You're talking to the patient. Oh, awful. Just awful. (laughs) Oh, no. I absolutely love it. Okay. Well, I wanted 
before we're kind of running out a, a little bit of time here, but I wanted to um, let give you a chance to sort of let everybody know, like what I mean, you're in the middle of this whirlwind right now, but like, where's the TV production deal, Emily? I mean, are they are they knocking on their doors? What the heck? I actually do the web series, actually, the Nurse Emily. It's uh, youtube.com slash Nurse Emily. And that actually is produced by a group there in uh, Studio City. It's Studio City Productions. They're fantastic. And they've been working on that and trying to kind of grow it bigger and everything. But, you know, if anybody out there is listening and needs a chubby little Southern girl that, you know, is a nurse for an incredibly (laughs) huge talk show right here, I I am waiting by the phone with bated breath. Come on. (laughs) I love every single minute of this. I feel like, you know, Kelly Clarkson... There are some other Ellen. There are some other ones. We need to make. We need to maybe make this happen. I told somebody earlier that I think basically I'm just going to have to get on to Kelly Clarkson and have a fist fight with her and take her show over. I'm a little scared because I think she could take me. <laughs> she'd but probably she's win. Also, really sweet, so she might understand that that's just what has to happen. Yeah, she right. I really it, like her, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you, you do got to do what you got. I think she also lives part time in Nashville as well. So you, y'all. Yeah, have so that see, Tennessee I won't even have to drive far to fight her. You can find Nurse Emily at Emily Annette Six. That's A N N E T T E Six, and uh, and then it's just just do Nurse Emily on YouTube, and you'll be able to find her pretty quick, I think. Um, Nurse Emily, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And when you do get that TV deal, I hope we can be extras. Oh heck yeah! (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna have fun. Aren't we though? We already are. True. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Nurses Week. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being on, Emily. We really appreciate it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. It is time for News It or Lose It. This is when we bring you three headlines. This is time. It's my turn. Okay, we're going to start over with Monday, Allie. We're going to start over with my words. I'm going (laughs) to brush my teeth. I'm going to drink more coffee. I'm going to learn how to talk on the radio. We're going to start over now? Okay. Just like the whole show. The final half hour of the show, we're going to start over? Final, right, right, part of the show, I will maybe learn how to talk. Uh, Welcome, everyone. It's Monday. Today is Monday. It's time for News It or Lose It. Allie, do you have your binger, banger, dinger, clanger? Damn it. Hold on. I had a lot of faith in that one. Hold on. (laughs) I was like all excited. I've got a spoon. Right. Damn it. Okay, that's a little better. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe dinger dinger. There's there we go. go. All right, there's the dinger dinger binger clanger. Uh, Headline numero uno. Princeton University names its first black valedictorian in the school's 274 (gasps) year history. No way! That's great. That is fantastic, right? Absolutely. Um, Headline number three. Number three. Or two. Again, words are a thing. Math apparently is a it. thing as well. Uh-huh. Uh, comedian Jerry Stiller has died at age oh, 92. You know, there were several deaths this weekend, so I'm going to yeah. news it so we can kind of do a... A little death recap, yeah. Uh, <laughs> death roundup. De- death roundup, because little Richard also died. Yes. Um, yes. And then headline number three, husband wants to name our baby after our cat, but people say he'll get bullied. 
No way. I gotta news them. I gotta right. news all of them. We'll do them quick. Jesse is glaring at us. He's like, all you right, guys I know, I know, have Jesse. three Come minutes. On. All right. So Princeton University names its first uh, black valedictorian in the school's 274-year history. Lord. Just let me take you that, like, this goes way, way back into slavery, right? This is crazy. Nicholas Johnson of Montreal will be the Prince, will be Princeton University's first black valedictorian. Uh, first time in 274 years. He studied operations research and financial engineering. Come on, boo. This fall, Damn. he will pursue, pursue a PhD in operations research at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. That is fantastic. Of course, he has to deliver his speech, though, virtually because oh, nobody's having boo. graduations. Wah, wah. That, oh man, can you imagine? I mean, we're, this is history. This is history being made right in front of us. I mean, and to have it also take place online is another part of making history, but it's just kind of like a wah-wah. Uh, we don't want that part of history, though. We don't want, want that. Oh, I, want, I want the viral video. I want the... This person's valedictorian speech was it's going to make you cry. And I want to watch the YouTube video and I want everybody to comment on how cute and adorable and amazing this person is. And I want everybody to be sharing it and playing it. So we will have to find a way to do that regardless. Yep, I think we will too. This kid's a boss, by the way. He also uh, go, uh, interned as a software engineer in machine learning at Google's headquarters in California last year. And he also... Uh, work slash interned at Oxford University's Integrative Computational Biology and Machine Learning Group. Holy crap, this guy is smart. I think uh, he's even going to have more monikers after his name than you. Yeah, <laughs> please. I'm going to shorten those to done. That's going to be, it's just going to be James Q. Simmons. Done. Done. I finished. Uh, comedian Jerry Stiller has died at age 92. This is very, very sad. If you don't remember who uh, Jerry Stiller is, if you did watch Seinfeld. Hello? This is Frank Costanza. What do you want? You think you can keep us out of Florida? We're moving in lock, stock, and barrel. We're going to be in the pool. We're going to be in a clubhouse. We're going to be all over that shuffleboard court. And I dare you to keep me out. That, how can you forget that voice and that comedy? Um, that's pretty uh, significant. He he had a career that spanned 74 years in Hollywood. That is Man, phenomenal. yeah. I know, and 92 is such a long life. We lost little Richard, and we lost another R&B singer, Betty Wright. She did a lot of great stuff. And so it was a tough weekend, and little Richard and all those guys. I mean, Jerry Stiller, I remember watching with my dad. I mean, I remember watching Seinfeld with my dad, you you know, growing up and it's it's just that character always burns into your mind and will never go away and then yep. you know ben still it's just like oh man i love oh. the traditional you know legacy yeah he really absolutely. did leave a legacy he, re he really did so did a little richard as well who was also yeah. saying that um uh, elton john actually uh, instagram over the weekend that little richard was his single biggest influence Really? Which I think it's pretty. I had no idea. Phenomenal. Yeah, little little also little known fact, little Richard also went on to become a pastor and he officiated many 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 Hollywood weddings. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that really crazy? I didn't he, know that. He married lots of celebrities who were married. And then finally, 
Uh, we have one last story, but I think we need to save it because I think you're going to have some opinions about this. So we will do this uh, coming up next during Happy Endings. This is Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Well, unfortunately, our time is running out here on Drop the Subject, but we have one more News or Loses story to give you. James, lay it on me because somebody wants to name their child after their cat, and I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> Cyrus, Athelstan, Lancelot. Those were the names that the husband was throwing out for <laughs> this baby. And mom was like, no, absolutely not. We are not naming our child Cyrus Athelstan or Lancelot, although I love Athelstan. Uh, he's a character from the show Vikings, by the way, one of the greatest shows that nobody watched. And uh, so finally he was like, fine, why don't we just name it after the cat? And she was like, no, don't name it after the cat. And he won't budge. Their cat's What's the name, cat's name? Their cat's name is Mungo. Mungo, I love it. So she started to come around on this a little bit. So she posted to a mommy (laughs) blog, which is how this story kind of took off. And on the mommy blogs, it has got like a furor of responses, like 30,000 responses on this mommy blog about whether or not she should allow her husband to name their child after their cat. And does, does it like make less significance of the name because the name was actually after a cat and not like a family name or whatever? Well, when that child grows to a certain age and then asks their parents where their name came from. I mean, Mungo will be gone by that point, but it will be an interesting conversation to say, well, we had this cat. (laughs) And you're like, what? It's like, so it has no, it wasn't even like an artist that they loved or a song that they loved. It was just the cat. But I will say on the bright side, and I know we're about to get into happy endings. Uh Nobody really makes fun of people. I mean, I'm just a sweeping generalization, but you used to make fun of weird names and now everyone's got a weird name. Uh Everyone's got a weird name. It's almost it's almost worse if your name is like James or Allie. Yeah. You're like, oh, your name's Mungo. Mine's A, B, C, D, E. Right, right. I'm Elemental P. Right. (laughs) And you're like, my name's Lancelot. What? Right. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I went to school with a a Lancelot. Really? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And now people like you you and me, her name are Allison and James, are going to get teased. We're totally going to get teased. My name's Tardive Dyskinesia. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Hi, Joe. (laughs) Joe. Oh, God, that's the worst name ever. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. We have to get into happy endings now. By the way, just wanted to give a shout. Tonight is the watch party. Don't do it. That's my happy ending. Don't do it. Oh, oh, okay. All right. That's my happy ending. Okay. I'll give you my happy ending. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My happy ending is as follows. Mm -hmm. Many people in Massachusetts and Chicago screamed for ice cream, living up to the expectation. But it was not good. People were getting very feisty and they were hurting each other over ice cream. But at least, at least we know that that won't happen in L.A. because no one will have the energy to scream over uh, organic, dairy-free, non-GMO leaven sorbet. Nobody cares about it. No, and no one has, like, literally no one has enough energy because everyone's living off of organic, dairy-free, non-GMO lemon sorbet. (laughs) Gotcha, right. So everyone's going to be like, hey, where's my ice cream? I was, I would run after the truck, but I can't. I I can't. It's so hard. 
All right, what's your happy ending? Being vegan's hard. Okay, so my happy (laughs) ending is uh, you may be so, so super sad that you don't get more of Ali Johnson now that the show's done uh, (laughs) on Drop the Subject. But never fear, at least you can watch the premiere of her show, on Tello, I love that by the way. T E L L O, right? Tello.com. Mm-hmm. Tello gonna, Films. Tello Films, yeah. Tello Films, that's right. Um, it is not Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. It's Butch Pal for <laughs> the Straight Butch Gal. Pal for the Straight Gal. You're going to watch yes. it tonight, 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's the premiere. I'm super, super so excited for you. Allie, can, Allie I feel like you're. I'm interviewing now on the show. Allie, tell us more about your project and where can we find you? Oh, well, you know what? You can find the project at butchpalseries.com. We actually have a fresh new website with Dang. all kinds of info on, uh, I think you can even order t-shirts on our, on our new website. And nice. um, yeah, we've got all of the information on the premiere if you go to telefilms.com at 5 p.m is when the watch party is and um all you have to do is there's a little tab that says Clexicon. Uh, it's part of Clexicon 2020, their virtual festival. So there's no subscription needed. All you have to do is go to the website and click on that and then click on Monday Watch Party. And it'll be right there for you. And then there's a post-show Q&A at 6.30. So if you want to head on over to Clexicon.com, you can RSVP for that. I think there were a few slots left. Um, yesterday, they were they was gone. I think they opened up some more slots. So if you want to get on the Q&A at 6.30, we'd love to have you. And it'll be a, the weirdest premiere, but the only premiere I've ever had so <laughs> congratulations I will put on my heels for you as Yay, if we were walking down do. the red carpet it's very exciting and um, please everyone tune in because we're going to talk about it tomorrow all right see you then bye on the next on the next drop the subject Lizzo Beyonce Boba Tea oh my god whipped coffee now that we have your attention here's what's coming up on our next show what do we got James it's just the tip Tuesday and if you've been trying to set up zooms with your grandma you'll probably want to hear our tips on the do's and don'ts of teaching tech to people in their twilight years Betty White is that a do or a don't that's just another buzzword Ruth Bader Ginsburg hmm Drop the subject, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern, on Channel Q.